This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Oh yeah. Hold on, Satan, blow it out. No, I'm gonna let it shine. Hold on, Satan, blow it out. No, I'm gonna let it shine. Hold on, Satan, blow it out. No, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Oh yeah. Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm gonna let it shine. <laughs> okay. Um, sorry not sorry. I feel compelled. I feel compelled. Now that I've started singing at the beginning, I feel compelled to do so. However, I feel self-conscious of it and I do not know what to sing. But that song, um, well, let me just first say this. I'm sorry about the audio quality. And I'm also sorry about my singing quality and everything else quality, but that's fine. I will continue nonetheless. Um, but that song is a children's song that I learned as a child. And it is, um, oh, you heard the dog, I think. The dog just bore, he's downstairs. Um, it's a song that I learned as a child and it's been helpful to me as an adult recently. Because when I feel overwhelmed, when I feel darkness creeping in, I sing it, and it's like a prayer, and it helps me feel better. Um, I'm sorry about the audio quality in terms of it generally. I So I moved my microphone yet again. Now I'm upstairs at my new desky-poo, which is very fancy. It's a sit-stand. And um, I'm right by the window, and they're doing construction naturally, because why wouldn't they? It is April 18th, 2023, and they are constructing or deconstructing or both. They're tearing up the road. And um, luckily it's not the road that I live on, but it is both roads that intersect my road. Like on either side, if I go left, if I go right, coming out of my house, both of those roads that intersect my road are under construction. So it's a great time. And it's about that time of year when I get mad because <laughs> I try not to get mad. But there are signs that say no through traffic and people be going through. And it's like, excuse me, but you don't live here. So why are you going through? Get out of here. I am already annoyed by trying to go to my home, which is not going through. And I don't need you people. <laughs> but it's fine. It really is fine. Um, speaking of anger... I would say most of my life I've had anger issues and until recently have I been able to get them a bit more under control and I think the source of my anger has been my general um, frustration that justice is almost never served that life isn't fair that that I don't know it just, nothing seems right. But I've come to peace with that recently. Um, just basically to be like, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I, I'm, Jesus take the wheel. Basically, it's just like, you know what? I'm glad to not be the judge and jury of this life. Of the people around me. I don't need that stress. And I don't know why I, I'm, I'm glad to be free from it, basically. I wish that I wouldn't have allowed it to worry me so much up until now. But, 
Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm sorry also. I feel like this is just full of apologies. I am sorry also that it's been so long since I've read. I've been distracted. And also, frankly, I don't know why, but like, I feel like I need to... I feel like I can't just come read. Like, I need to say something more. I don't know why. I don't think that's actually necessarily true. I don't think you expect that from me, but I, for whatever reason, expect that from myself. So it is partially what holds me back. Another part of what holds me back is the darn microphone. And also my computer. My my laptop is... She's dying. Her battery is dead. Um, she will not work unless she's plugged in. So I don't like carrying it up and down the stairs because then I have to unplug the the charger and it's just like a mess of cords and it's just I'm just complaining I'm just a complainer so that's why I brought the microphone upstairs and I'm reading upstairs despite the um, less than ideal circumstances in terms of the soundproofing and whatever you call it the booth is not boothy but um yeah so it's been a hot minute since I've read to you and my sincerest apologies regarding that. However, I've had some things um, happen recently. So not that this is uh, important, but I it was like, it was literally like 90 degrees last week for several days. It was like 80, 90 degrees. And before that, it was like literally 30 degrees, 40 degrees. And I was like, I'm ready for summer. And then summer slapped me directly across the face, to which I said, excuse me, but I actually want spring. And then it turned around and went back to 30 and 40 degrees and was snowing. So be careful what you wish for is all I'm saying. <laughs> um, yeah, so last weekend, it was a big event. It wasn't a big event. It was a... It was a notable event for my family. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but my father is the youngest of six children. And he, his next oldest sibling is six years older than him. So you can imagine the oldest sibling is like, I don't know, 20 years older than him. And um, he doesn't, he didn't know, doesn't know his older siblings very well. And one of them... Uh, passed away last year in the beginning of August. And so his final wishes were to have his ashes scattered on the Appalachian Trail, which he hiked the entirety, I think, um, in his youth, and to have also his ashes spread in Mosini on the Yule Plain. So I've never been to O, o Plain, but it is a park with a river and um so we went there so his wife came and his siblings came and my dad didn't want to go and i i don't know i feel vaguely guilty that i pushed him but i but i don't know but i did it and we so we went and so I've been talking to my one cousin who I never met until recently. I think I told you about that. I met him um, and because he was he went for a fishing trip in February. He went on a fishing trip up north and he, on his way back south, because he lives in Sheboygan, 
he stopped and we got Bloody Marys and some appetizers and met each other. And so this Saturday, we went out to Eau Plaine and um, it was an event. <laughs> we went out, um, we just walked down this trail and then we stopped at one point on the trail and did the Spielies and there was um, uh, Psalm 23 was read and then there were some songs that he had wanted played and then I also read a poem which I'm still beating myself up because I screwed it up uh, I stumbled over me words and I replaced a letter for another letter and said a word that wasn't the word when I was supposed to say the word and uh, I'm trying to forgive myself <laughs> but you know you know how I am I hold myself to a ridiculous standard of perfection but um yeah, and so that was interesting. And so, of course, it was uh, going to rain. It was going to rain the whole time, and it did sprinkle here and there. But it held off for most of the time. And so at the end of the ceremonials, if you would, he, his ashes were dispersed in little cuppies for us to wander about and spread and say goodbye. And so we did that, and then we met back on the trail, except most people just bugged right off back to the pavilion. But I waited because I was like, I'm going to wait for my aunt, who I'm only just meeting in person for the first time right now. And like immediately when we started walking back, the sky opened up and it poured rain and then turned quickly to hail. And it was, it was just torrential. And so I had my umbrella and was trying to umbrella her and keep her dry. But I was drenched. I was completely soaked. Um, and yeah, I, I guess, I don't know. There, it was a bit odd because I haven't really met most of these people. And the one, the, the one aunt, my dad's sister, that was there... She has dementia, so she didn't know who people were, and um, I can tell that's difficult for her daughters, but um, it, I think it was pro like, not that I want her to be demented, I don't know what the word is, I don't, not that I want her to have this affliction, but I think it made, it made life vaguely easier for my dad, because he has beef with her, so... Um, yeah, but he he reconnected, I guess. He spoke to his brother that he hadn't spoken to except for letters. Like, his brother had sent him a letter, a few letters. Uh, but they had never spoken, I don't think they'd ever spoken on the phone. So, um, they talked to each other for the first time in person on Saturday. And, in fact, he showed up at my parents' house. My mom and I had Bible study on Saturday morning. So we were at Bonnie's house and I get a text from Jared and it says, Henry was here. And I'm just like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. See, I was so stressed out about this event because I thought for sure it was going to be like a PTSD thing and that I was going to dis a PTSD thing for my dad and that we were both going to be like dissociating out of our bodies and <laughs> struggling. And I was just like, I worked it up to be this big thing. It wasn't really a big thing, but I think it helped that his brother showed up to the house 
Um, so I called Jared. I was like, what's going on? Is he okay? Uh, because we didn't expect that. Um, so it was, he was caught off guard. And I thought he would be, like, freaked out. But Jared's like, oh, I don't know. He's just walking around mumbling about how you're meddling. Because that's the thing. My dad's just like, oh, you're meddling. Thanks for meddling. But I haven't been meddling. I've just been speaking to people who are also my family. Um, and it turns out that my dad wasn't completely fine. And he only just told Jared to say that because he knew it would push my buttons. So, isn't that nice? <laughs> I mean, it is nice that he wasn't traumatized by the event. But it's not nice that he's traumatizing me by his lack of traumatization. <laughs> Pretending to be traumatized in order to traumatize me. Whoa. Whatever. It's fine. I forgive him. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So... That broke the ice then for them to meet up later in the afternoon for this event. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just friggin' uncanny how similar these men look and sound. The way that they talk, the way that they tell stories, the way that they are is freaky because it's like copy and paste. It's really freaky. So that was fascinating. Um, I'm going to stop blabbling about myself because I don't have much else to blabble about. But things um, at work are going better. I am... <laughs> I am changing my mindset. I'm changing my perspective. I am trying. I'm trying. I am asking for help for my creator to allow me to have more grace for myself and others. And... To not assume the worst and to deal with things calmly and collectedly and not allow them to fester and to frustrate me. And actually, last week we had a retro, which is the talk about your feelings meeting, which actually, you know, I, I feel like I say this every time. It's really not talking about your feelings. It's talking about what went well, what didn't go well, and what we can change to do better in the future. And I ask some pointed questions. And I felt that the answers that were given were um, deflective at best and really just opened the door for more questions. But I'm not complaining because I think that is progress for us. So, um, life is going to be okay. <laughs> life is always going to be okay. So, the question I... The question I pose really is the question I've been posing. Who is this that appears like the dawn, fair as the moon, bright as the sun, majestic as the stars in procession? It is you, my dear friend. And I'm going to read to you. I'm going to read to you chapter seven. From Alice's Adventures in Wonderland and Through the Looking Glass by Lewis Carroll. Chapter seven is titled... A mad tea party. So, here we go. I also have a glass of wine, which is, um, I got these crystal glasses a long time. I don't even know why I ordered them. And um, they're really large. And so I <laughs> poured the, I poured one glass, which really is just like the rest of the bottle, which is probably more like two, maybe even three glasses. And so I've been slurping on it. It is Carmen's last dance. And she's so good. Why is Carmen so delicious? Excuse me while I slurp. I mean, it tastes like 
It tastes like grape juice. With a little, with a little, like, you know, like grape juice has been open for a little bit. But it's 12% alcohol, which is shocking considering how it tastes. Um, but it's irrelevant. I'm not trying to be intoxicated. I'm just trying to finish this wine and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. Chapter seven, a mad tea party. There was a table set out under a tree in front of the house, and the March Hare and the Hatter were having tea at it. A Dormouse was sitting... Wait, oh yeah, I had to make sure. I had to turn back the page to be like, mm, this is where we're supposed to be, right? Yes, 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 yes. Okay. A Dormouse. Dormouse. D-O-R mouse. One word. Capitalized. Don't know what it is. Moving on. A dormouse was sitting between them, fast asleep, and the other two were using it as a cushion, resting their elbows on it and talking over its head. Very uncomfortable for the dormouse, thought Alice. Only, as it's asleep, I suppose it doesn't mind. The table was a large one, but the three were all crowded together at one corner of it. No room, no room, they cried out when they saw Alice coming. There's plenty of room, said Alice indignantly. And she sat down in a large armchair at one end of the table. Have some wine, the March Hare said in an encouraging tone. Ooh, how fitting for me to be having wine. Alice looked all around the table, but there was nothing on it but tea. I don't see any wine, she remarked. There isn't any, said the March <laughs> Okay, said the March Hare. <laughs> wow, thanks for, thanks for saying that when there isn't. Okay. Then it wasn't very civil of you to offer it, said Alice. <laughs> she said this angrily. Let me try again. Then it wasn't very civil of you to offer it. It wasn't very civil of you to sit down without being invited, said the March Hare. I didn't know it was your table, said Alice. It's laid for a great many more than three. Your hair wants cutting, said the mat. <laughs> what? Oh, hi, Jackie, said the hatter. Hi, Jackie. Oh, he came up to visit me. He's such a couch potato. He really will just like sleep on the couch all day and all night. But he had to come looking for me. He's resting his head on my lap now and giving some pets. He's not quite as vocal as Scooby Dooby. So just use your imagination. <laughs> Anyway, where was I? Oh, right. Your hair wants cutting, said the Hatter. He had been looking at Alice for some time with great curiosity, and this was his first speech. You should learn not to make personal remarks, Alice said with some severity. It's very rude. The Hatter opened his eyes very wide on hearing this, but all he said was, Why is a raven like a writing desk? Come, we shall have some fun now, thought Alice. I'm glad they've begun asking riddles. I believe I can guess that, she added aloud. Do you mean that you think you can find out the answer to it? Said the March Hare. Exactly so, said Alice. Then you should say what you mean, the March Hare went on. <laughs> oh, the March Hare went on. Okay, so this text is split up by a picture now. And I will describe it to you. So naturally, as you might imagine, it is a table. And the table is set for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Oh, it looks like four or five on each side. 
And so at the head of the table in the armchair is Alice. And then on the other side of the table is the hare. And then in between is the dormouse, I assume. Okay, bye, Jack. And then to the right of the mouse is the ha- the hatter. And his hat it has a thing on it that says, uh, in this style, 106 or 1... Uh, yeah, I think so. That says 106. Okay, anyway. Here we go. I do, Alice hastily replied. At least, at least I mean what I say. That's the same thing, you know. Not the same thing a bit, said the Hatter. Why, you might just as well say that I see what I eat is the same thing as I eat what I see. You might just as well say, added the March Hare, that I like what I get is the same thing as I get what I like. You might just as well say, added the Dormouse, which seemed to be talking in its sleep, that I breathe when I sleep is the same thing as I sleep when I breathe. It is the same thing with you, said the Hatter, and here the conversation dropped, and the party sat silent for a minute, while Alice thought over all she could remember about ravens and writing desks, which wasn't much. The Hatter was the first to break the silence. What day of the month is it? he said, turning to Alice. He had taken his watch out of his pocket and was looking at it uneasily, shaking it every now and then and holding it to his ear. Alice considered a little and then said, The fourth. Two days wrong, sighed the hat. Oh, I don't know he sighed it, so I don't really know what that means. <sighs> Two days wrong. I told you butter wouldn't suit the works, he added, looking angrily at the March Hare. It was the best butter, the March Hare. Me- oh, he said this meekly. I'm sorry. It was the best butter, the March Hare meekly replied. "'Yes, but some crumbs must have got in as well,' the Hatter grumbled. "'You shouldn't have put it in with the bread knife.' The March Hare took the watch and looked at it gloomily. Then he dipped it into his cup of tea and looked at it again, but he could think of nothing better to say than his first remark. "'It was the best butter, you know.' Alice had been looking over his shoulder with some curiosity. What a funny watch, she remarked. It tells the day of the month and doesn't tell what o'clock it is. Why should it? Oh, he muttered. Why should it? Muttered the hatter. Does your watch tell you what year it is? Of course not, Alice replied very readily. But that's because it stays the same year for such a long time together. Which is just the, sa- which is just the case with mine, said the hatter. Alice felt dreadfully puzzled. The Hatter's remark seemed to her to have no sort of meaning in it, and yet it was certainly English. "'I don't quite understand you,' she said, as politely as she could. "'The Dormouse is asleep again,' said the Hatter, and he poured a little hot tea upon its nose. "'Oh, how rude of... (laughs) wow!' Okay, that was... Of course, naturally, I think you can assume what my own commentary is. (laughs) Excuse me while I slurp my wine. The Dormouse shook his head impatiently and said, without opening its eyes, Of course, of course, just what I was going to remark myself. Have you guessed the riddle yet? The Hatter said, turning to Alice again. No, I give it up, Alice replied. What's the answer? I haven't the slightest idea, said the Hatter. (laughs) Nor I, said the March Hare. (laughs) Alice sighed wearily. I think you might do something better with the time, she said, than wasting it in asking riddles that have no answers. 
if you knew time as well as I do, said the Hatter, you wouldn't talk about wasting it. It's him. I don't know what you mean, said Alice. Of course you don't, the Hatter said, tossing his head contemptuously. I dare say you never even spoke to time. Perhaps not, Alice cautiously replied, but I know I have to beat time when I learn music. Ah, that accounts for it, said the Hatter. He won't stand beating. Now, if you only kept on good terms with him, he'd do almost anything you liked with the clock. For instance, suppose it were nine o'clock in the morning, just time to begin lessons. You'd only have to whisper a hint to time, and round goes the clock in a twinkling. Half past one, time for dinner. I only wish it was, the March Hare said to itself in a whisper. That would be grand, certainly, said Alice thoughtfully. But then I shouldn't be hungry for it, you know. Not at first, perhaps, said the Hatter. But you could keep it to half past one as long as you liked. Is that the way you manage? Alice asked. Excuse me. The Hatter shook his head mournfully. Not I, he replied. We quarreled last month. Quarreled last month. I'm sorry, my little... We quarreled last March. Just before he went mad, you know, pointing with his teaspoon at the March Hare. It was at the great concert given by the Queen of Hearts, and I had to sing. There is an image now. An image of the Hatter singing. He's sitting at the table, of course. He's got his right hand is on his belly chest, whatever. And his left hand is in the air, and his mouth is open wide. He's got a very large head compared to his body and he's wearing a very large polka dot bow tie in addition to his hat as you might imagine twinkle twinkle little bat how i wonder where sorry how i wonder what you're at you know the song perhaps i've heard something like it said alice it goes on, you know, the Hatter continued, in this way. Up above the world you fly, like a tea tray in the sky, twinkle, twinkle. Here the Dormouse shook itself and began singing in its sleep, twinkle, 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 and went on so long that they had to pinch it to make it stop. Well, I'd hardly finished the first verse, said the Hatter, when the Queen bawled out, he's murdering the time, off with his head. How dreadfully savage, exclaimed Alice. And ever since that, the Hatter went on in a mournful tone, he won't do a thing I ask. It's always six o'clock now. A bright idea came into Alice's head. Is that the reason so many tea things are put out here? She asked. Yes, that's it, said the Hatter with a sigh. It's always tea time, and we've no time to wash the things between whiles. Then you keep moving round, I suppose, said Alice. Exactly so, said the Hatter, as the things get used up. But what happens when you come to the beginning again? Alice ventured to ask. Suppose we change the subject, the March Hare interrupted, yawning. I'm getting tired of this. I vote the young lady tells us a story. I'm afraid I don't know one, said Alice, rather alarmed at the proposal. Then the Dormouse shall, they both cried. Wake up, Dormouse! And they pinched it on both sides at once. The Dormouse slowly opened its eyes. I wasn't asleep. It said in a hoarse, feeble voice, Oh, I wasn't asleep. I've heard every word you fellows were saying. Tell us a story, said the March Hare. Please, yes, please do, pleaded Alice. And be quick about it, added the Hatter, or you'll be asleep again before it's done. 
Once upon a time, there were three little sisters. The Dormouse began in a great... Oh, sorry. He began in a great hurry. Here we go. Once upon a time, there were three little sisters, and their names were Elsie, Lacey, and Tilly, and they lived at the bottom of a well. What did they live on? said Alice, who always took a great interest in questions of eating and drinking. They lived on Treacle, said the Dormouse, after thinking a minute or two. They couldn't have done that, you know, Alice gently remarked. They'd have been ill. So they were, said the Dormouse, very ill. Alice tried a little to fancy to herself what such an extraordinary way of living would be like, but it puzzled her too much, so she went on. But why did they live at the bottom of a well? Take some more tea, the March Hare said to Alice very earnestly. I've had nothing yet, Alice replied in an offended tone, so I can't take more. You mean you can't take less, said the Hatter. It's very easy to take more than nothing. Nobody asked your opinion. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know if she said it so sassy, but... Nobody asked your opinion, said Alice. Who's making personal remarks now, the Hatter asked triumphantly. Alice did not quite know what to say to this, so she helped herself to some tea and bread and butter, and then turned to the Dormouse and repeated her question. Why did they live at the bottom of a well? The Dormouse again took a minute or two to think about it, and then said, It was a triacle well. There's no such thing! Alice was beginning very angrily, but the Hatter and the March Hare went, <laughs> I'm assuming you can hear him borking. If you cannot, he's borking. Or he's owing downstairs. No doubt he's looking out the window and people are walking by. Anyhoot, the Hatter and the March Hare went shh, shh and the Dormouse sulkily remarked, If you can't be civil, you'd better finish the story for yourself. No, please go on, Alice said very humbly. I won't interrupt you again. I dare say there may be one. One indeed, said the Dormouse indignantly. However, he consented to go on. And so these three little sisters, they were learning to draw. You know, what did they draw, said Alice, quite forgetting her promise. Triacle, said the Dormouse, without considering at all, this time. I want a clean cup, interrupted the Hatter. Let's all move one place. He moved on as he spoke, and the Dormouse followed him. The March Hare moved into the Dormouse's place, and Alice, rather unwillingly, took the place of the March Hare. The Hatter was the only one who got any advantage from the change, and Alice was a good deal worse off than before, as the March Hare had just upset the milk jug into his plate. Alice did not wish to offend the Dormouse again, so she began very cautiously. But I don't understand. Where did they draw the triacle from? You can draw water out of a water well, said the Hatter. So I should think you could draw triacle out of a triacle well, eh, stupid? <laughs> oh, man. Okay, that quote from the Hatter is interrupted by a picture of the Hare and the Hatter. And they are dunking the Dormouse's head into the teapot. They're each holding him on one side. But they were in the well, Alice said to the Dormouse, not choosing to notice this last remark. Of course they were, said the Dormouse. Well in. This answer so confused poor Alice that she let the Dormouse go on for some time without interrupting it. They were learning to draw, the Dormouse went on, yawning and rubbing its eyes, for it was getting very sleepy. <sighs> 
through all manner of things. Everything that begins with an M. Why with an M? said Alice. Why not? said the March Hare. Alice went, was silent. The Dormouse had closed its eyes by this time and was going off into a doze, but on being pinched by the Hatter, it woke up again with a little shriek and went, Woo! That begins with an M, such as mouse traps and the moon and memory and muchness. You know, you say things are much of a muchness. Did you ever see such a thing as a drawing of a muchness? Really, now you ask me, said Alice, very much confused. I don't think... Then you shouldn't talk, said the Hatter. This piece of rudeness was more than Alice could bear. She got up in great disgust and walked off. The Dormouse fell asleep instantly, and neither of the others took the least notice of her going, though she looked back once or twice, half hoping that they would call after her. The last time she saw them, they were trying to put the Dormouse into the teapot. At any rate, I'll never go there again, said Alice, as she picked her way through the wood. It's the stupidest tea party I ever was at in all my life. Just as she said this, she noticed that one of the trees had a door leading right into it. That's very curious, she thought. But everything's curious today. I think I may as well go in at once. And in she went. Once more, she found herself in the long hall and close to the little glass table. Now, I'll manage better this time, she said to herself, and began by taking the little golden key and unlocking the door that led into the garden. Then she set to work nibbling at the mushroom. She had kept a piece of it in her pocket, till she was about a foot high. Then she walked down the little passage, and then she found herself at last in the beautiful garden among the bright flower beds and the cool fountains. And that, my dears, is the end of chapter, I don't know, seven, I think it was. I'm not really sure. <laughs> Cheerio. Love you.